Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Man, what an odd night. What an odd night this was. This is. Sorry about that. Alice and I are in different states now. I went to the for the first time into my studio in Connecticut to meet. No, no, I didn't go to the studio. I met everybody at a uh, at a get together for one of the guys who is there, uh, who's been there for a long time. He's a great talent, and. So now I am. If this sounds a little bit different, we have we have jerry rigged this whole thing, and I, I can see the waveform looks a little bit thin to me. But you know, it is what it is. But uh, so it's very interesting. You know, I've been working there for like six months at this radio station. By the way, hi Alice, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Good. We had a day, I would say, both me and Alice. Uh, it's just been a busy day, but it's been an interesting day. Um, so let me just start with this experience that I've had here. Um, so I've been working at this radio station for about six months, and is it six months? I guess it's six months. It might as well be. And I haven't been there, and I haven't met anybody. So I went into, I walk into the room today. It's a it's a party for Ray, who's part of the um, Ray and Brian show in the morning. And and I don't know anybody, but I you know I determined that I was going to go in and. Um, and be, um, and be extroverted and say hi and meet people. I, I got to anyway, because in there, so I'm the midday host, and in there, this is a thing for Ray Dunaway, who's been doing radio at the station for a long time. He's one of these really talented classic radio guys. Great guy too, really great guy. Um, and so I'm driving up. I get to my hotel. I, I have just a second to change, and. And I drive over to where the function is, and I go in, and, and though I've been working with everybody, and I've got relationships, audio relationships with, with everybody, I don't recognize anybody because I've never seen them in person before. Um, so, so it was really interesting and and odd, and um, and just a different. It's just a different thing. It's a thing unique to COVID, I guess. 
But a couple of things I've um, that I that I gleaned from it. Most of these people were from it was WTIC, which is an AM station, but it's also an FM station. I met Salt Alice. I think I told you about uh, Salt. Um, and no Salt and I were on when I first started. We were on its email saying, "Hey, Tom and Salt, we need something from you." Uh, anyway, he, he he's a, a really great guy. It's interesting that I've that I've found that the people who are still doing radio, and mostly this was mostly at the AM side, um, they are so there's a certain sense of being at peace with the idea that they are still doing something that is you know something that's becoming rarer and rarer. And these are you know the, you've got a news department there, so there's a news guy and a weather guy and. The traffic guy who's a fan and a great guy named Mark Christopher Ellis. You'll meet him hopefully soon when you're down here. And then, of course, the co-host and this and that. And, you know, it, it is a, and it's just, it, it's interesting. If you, like, there's part of me, Alice, where, where I, you know, I, I'm not gregarious, really, at some things, especially going up and saying hi to people for, for um, you know, just a cold hello to people. But what I found was, is that at least in radio, it is there. Most people, most radio people, are shy, and so it's. Where, what are you looking at? The camera that's recording the show. Oh, I see. So you're looking up there. So I'm when I see you, you're down there. Yeah, but you're, you're... I'm looking at the camera because I'm trying to act normal yeah. and not have it be weird. So that's interesting. So okay, so I'll look at the camera too. That's the, what I should be looking at, right? I guess so. So, it was, so anyway, Alice. Me either way, but it's interesting you know. that these that these people who are in broadcasting, many people in broadcasting are also socially awkward, naturally socially awkward. <laughs> so it was like, which is I'm what I'm in, so it makes sense too. So we're also socially awkward. They're really great people, nice people, and I did notice something that I, I don't want to say. You know, half the people there are going to listen to this, but um, but I've noticed now since I've been doing this for a little bit. That we're at the the age now where the mutual ass kissing, we start to openly, right there, both start to get fatigued. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to butter you up a little bit. Okay, I'm going to butter you up a bit. Yes, you're okay. okay. Oh, let's start to ratchet down a little bit. And just let's, let's let go of this dance that we feel like we have to do because – you know, you want to you you want to be validated. You want people to say nice things uh, about you, but it's just it's it's broadcast etiquette, you know. And and then you know you need to think about something specifically. Like, like I was I was um, complimenting the news guys, and the news guys I really do I really do always think the news guys are fascinating. They've got a, this specific skill, a timing skill, a coolness skill, etc. And in my station, my station, I'm sorry, nobody in particular is sending me something really good else. In my station. <laughs> um, in my station, uh, it's interesting because because the the news weather traffic guys, the news side of it, they're very disciplined, and so you've got me who's bouncing off the walls and this and that and yelling at people. One second I'm yelling and I'm laughing at people, and we're doing all sorts of crazy things, and then you go to the to the, to the serenity of disciplined news, and it's kind of. Uh, it's kind of nice, and it's interesting. And we talked about one of the one of the challenges is that 
they're trying to compress what they say down to the time they have. Meanwhile, I'm trying to expand what I have to say to get to the break. So I'm always searching for words. They're always cutting out words because, you know, they've only got 10 seconds left. And if you're doing the, if you're during the news breaks, those are hard outs. There's no me- messing around. You've got to be out. And it is just so so interesting that the different things we're doing. We're doing we're, we're both in pools side by side doing two completely different things. And it's just uh I kind of like it. I like the, the classic feeling of it. And I wish I wish and I can't wait till tomorrow actually because I'll be in there and they'll be right on the other side of the glass doing the news. And uh, uh, it was just exciting. It was just exciting. And Ray Dunaway is just a great. He's a he's a he's a legend. Just a great guy. Uh, one thing I've noticed: WTICAM mm-hmm. in Hartford, Connecticut, it has the tallest uh, programming department I have ever seen. I am average height in this program department. I'm like six two and a half or whatever it is. They're all giants. It's not. A, it's not really a thing. Like radio brings a lot of trolly kind of uh you know halfling dwarf you know except for of course of course there's there is one tv guy i gotta tell you about brian later he's one of the morning guys that comes from tv mm-hmm. i knew it i knew it you know how he takes a lot of grief in during the last few minutes of his show because he's trying to be reasonable and you know it's it's <laughs> and the talk parts of the station are thunderdome so so reasonable sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> Let me tell you, he is King Dingaling when he is in person. He is, huh. he is, you know who he is? Garcon. Garcon? Yes. From uh, Sleeping Beauty, a Beauty and a Beast. Gaston. Gaston, sorry about that. No, yes, he's not the waiter, but there were the wait staff was excellent, by the way, tonight. Thank you. So it's just very interesting to see how gregarious and alpha he is. And he's a great guy. You know, it reminds me of Doug Meehan, another TV guy. A lot of these TV guys are just, they come, they're born out of does confidence. Does he have veneers? What? Does he have veneers? I don't know that he does. He doesn't look, there's nothing. Big shaggy white teeth? No, you know what that is, Alice, that's, if you want to see those, go to the radio guys. They'll take everything. They'll take hair plugs. They'll take teeth. <laughs> they'll take everything. The radio guys say no to nothing. The TV guys actually have like style consultants. They're so like, maybe you shouldn't get big chiclet teeth. Like, <laughs> I would take everything. I'd take a neck tattoo, you know, if it got me a hundred bucks, <laughs> which I made very clear to the salespeople today. That Thank goodness t- tattoos cost money usually. Yeah. So I made, <laughs> I made that clear to the salespeople today. That was um, that was good to go as far as um, selling myself and whatever it might take. Um, so that was that. I had uh, two uh, drinks there. Good pours by the bartender, but um, but uh, I didn't want to begin my my time in. Uh, Connecticut with a DUI. Yeah, that's uh, for tomorrow night. That's for tomorrow night, exactly. Um, but uh, so this, you love this. Should I should I move the camera or not, or is that risky? I'm what do you mean? I want to show you the beds. The, these beds are really nice looking. You can move the camera. I'll move See it this? back. Very fancy. Yeah, is looks that? good. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so that's the um, the there we go. Come down back to Tom. Back to the tea dog. And you know what else? A point of uh, privilege here. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm telling I bought pants that are jeans that are one size smaller than you got me last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm telling you I'm killing in them. Wow, that's exciting for you. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't have killed. And your skin tight, sexy jeans, honey. They are a little bit tight. 
It is fair to say. <laughs> so today we talked to I like. on the air. We talked. I talked to today Matt uh, Welch. Mm-hmm. God, I hope I didn't call Mark, Matt Walsh all the time. God, I hope I was. This was one of these times where I, where somebody I kind of envy, so I'm over the top. And I'm sure afterwards he was like, "What the frig just happened?" Um, but um, you know, I listened. I, I you know, I met him years ago, and I listened to him on these uh, on his podcast, the Fifth Column Podcast, which we played some of before. It's just a great bunch of jerks. They're, and I mean jerks, like in as an awesome guys, but like really. Um, biting humor and like awesome um so it it was interesting alice this um these what's it officially called the seizing property initiative what's it called uh civil asset forfeiture civil asset for forfeiture so we talked about that today because of this thing that came out last night this this twitter picture of the police department in at love field i guess in dallas where there's a big German shepherd, you know, sitting in front of a bunch of cash, and they were giving plaudits to the German shepherd Ballantyne because he had he had sniffed out this cash, and <laughs> it was found in somebody's luggage, packed in uh, in like uh, blankets and and bubble wrap, whatever. And mm-hmm. so, because she had cash, they took it from her. The right, DEA, that's very suspicious. The, the, the FAA, whatever the the drug right. people. Because they found it suspicious because Ballantyne sniffed it as being druggy, and now they get to have it, and they're celebrating it. And I, and that blew me away. They get to keep it? It's just, just a woman. She was not charged with anything at all. There was nothing, no apprehension, but suddenly it's the, her dollars are now their dollars, they've decided. Right. It's so, part of the police department funds now. Right. So Ballantyne sniffed I, it. I That's looked exactly at that, right, right. So, And then I saw this other story that had come out as well about this guy. Who was traveling with cash in Texas, and he had been pulled over for no particular reason. He was actually a good driver. The cops complimented him, and they did this deal where they ask him a thousand questions, and they use these questions to gain entry into the vehicle to try to see if he'll bite on something to see if he's dealing drugs. This guy's a vet; was an honorable guy. At one point, he mentions they ask him if he has, if he's got a lot of American dollars in the car. He says yes. They say, okay, they ask him to step out of the car, then they they uh, search the car, they find the bag of money, there's a receipt along with the bag too, they call the DEA and say, hey, you need to adopt this, which means since our local rules won't let us just keep this and and do whatever we want, we need to, you guys, the feds, the, the DEA, to adopt this money and bring it into federal uh, law, and the deal is that once the feds adopt that money, they then the locals get eighty percent of the cash, and the feds get to keep the rest. Which to oh, me good. is absolutely astounding that this is allowed to happen. And so they let they let this they do it, and they and they and they, they they frame the whole thing. They send the dog over to sniff the money. They bring the money forty yards out or wherever. Let the dog to sniff the money. The dog sniffs the money and says, "This is uh, drug money," and they, and this is routine. This happens all the time in Texas. Apparently, when people are going from the casinos here and there, this happens all the time. And innocent people are having their money taken from them. It, and, and the feds just get to keep this. You have to prove why you should get to keep your own money. <coughs> and I had never known this. I always thought that this this thing was a great thing for communities because you, you get the bad drug dealer who's dressed as a drug dealer. 
has a drug dealer T-shirt on or whatever. And you <laughs> Hi, take, I'm a drug dealer. Right, and you take his profits, and and that's all excellent. And then you're going to kick that back into the community. But I had no idea that this was what's happened. What that was happening it was the norm, and like it, it totally, uh, it totally, like red pilled reason magazine pilled me to think. Right? That, yeah, we've made you a libertarian now. Well, I mean, seriously, and I'm not a libertarian, but uh, on issues like that, I tend to lean that way because it is so egregious and incredible that when you're not even charged with any crime, they can just take your money and you have to prove that you're not a criminal to get it back. It's really wild. And they do it with all kinds of stuff too. They can do it with cars. They can do it with like any of your property. They feel uh, they suspect is being used for illegal activity. So they can just take it. It is remarkable. Yeah. So I'm happy that you're on this, that side of this issue now. I don't know. I thought you were all Mr. Like thin blue line all the way. Well, I am. I respect the cops. I mean, but that's the system. I mean, in the system, it's incentivized. So, I mean, what do you, what do you do? But so I am, uh, yeah, I am, I was just blown away by that in, in kind of just a little disturbed that just the injustices of it all. And if you, did you hear the audio at all of the guy pulled over in Nevada? I know mm -hmm. you've been, yeah. you've been, but just the way the cops very nicely talked to him, chatted him up, et cetera. And the whole time they were feeding him into the trap. And right. Like, wow. Right. It just and that guy did eventually get his money back, right? Yeah. That now bet. he's suing. Yeah. But yeah, incredible. Uh, it is amazing. It is amazing. And it's amazing that they would celebrate it like that. That's what's crazy to me is like, if you don't want scrutiny on this practice and to be banned from doing this, don't tweet about how great it is that you just took somebody's $100,000 from them and aren't charging them with any crime and they haven't done anything wrong. Maybe that's not, maybe you don't like say good boy to the doggo who <laughs> stole somebody's money publicly on Twitter. Like it's an awesome thing because, because that I think is like what gets people more than anything about it, right? Is like the, yeah, we took this person's money, sweet. Like it's just in poor taste and weird. And, you know, I hope that, I hope that it wakes more people up like you to the injustices of civil asset forfeiture. It is. I'm down. I am down. You're down with the libertarians now. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I'm, uh, and yeah, I'm all for it. I am completely for it. Meanwhile, Joe Biden was on the uh, stump today, and these Alice found this. I haven't even heard this stuff yet. Hold on, not the stump, but he was out there. He was promoting the Build Back Better bill in uh, in Kansas City today. Is what he was doing. So, can you hear this when I play this? No, I can't hear it. Okay, then maybe we'll just skip that. Anyway, he was hard to understand today. I don't know even know if it recorded through mine. Once again, like I said, we're this all this is jury rig stuff. I should take pictures of what exactly is going on here on my end, which is uh which is pretty sad. But, but you would, could hear when I played stuff, right? That's what Yeah, oh, do you want to try to play it on your end? I mean, I could try. Let's see if it works if you can hear it. Right? I'm so, not hearing uh, anything. I'm not playing it yet. Hang on. This is the United States of America, oh, God. God, that's loud. See, I don't know why. Yeah. Okay, he says a bunch of stupid Biden stuff. So what is it that you wanted to talk about Hillary Clinton for? Because I'm glad the audio doesn't work for that because I can't stand her voice. I'm so done with that. 
Um, she um she blessed us all by giving us uh, access to hear her give her speech that she was supposed to give at the Javits Center in New York. Oh my God, no. There's yes. no way they would do that. It's part of a class that she's teaching and it's now available online. She is reading us her victory speech from 2016. And all the blue wave people on Twitter are like replying to it with cry emojis and like, always oh, my president. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. We can't have it. We can't have any more litmus tests as showing how much of this country is totally emotionally d disabled. Can't do it. It's too crazy. Like, I, I mean, do you recall that ever in your adult life that somebody who lost while running for president later gave their victory speech? Like, no, <laughs> I no. can't imagine it. I think most human beings uh, would make sure that that speech was burned somewhere. Unless you know what it is. She's trying to legacy build. Maybe she's running. Do you think I mean, I get how old is she? Is she as old as Biden? No. See, if, she didn't, I mean, if she didn't die in 2016, I think she'll, she's not going to die. I had her dead by <laughs> by November. Uh, speaking of which, earlier I recorded a mommy pod that uh, was a case that is linked to the Clintons, by the way. Really? Remember the Starbucks murders in D.C.? Oh, that kid, right? It was, well, it was like three kids that worked in the Starbucks that were murdered and this guy confessed, but like he might have done it was weird because none of the money was taken at the starbucks or anything and one of the kids had been a clinton intern so that's so it's considered a suspicious death in the clinton yeah. annals but it was funny because i knew about i knew about the case as they were recording it because i'd heard of it in the context of it being a clinton-y thing but yeah i mean like they just refused to go away the clintons yeah, i mean a... imagine she's giving us her victory speech from 2016 like what what planet are we living on? I don't understand. Imagine if like John McCain years later had been like giving his victory speech from 2008, how weird that would be. So she actually delivered it? I mean, not like at a podium, but yeah, she like read the whole speech because she thinks it's important because it reflects like the America she wants to live in. <laughs> yeah i can't do it you can't I, listen to it. i can't no i don't want to hear her voice i don't i appreciate it ellis thank you for getting those cuts but let's let's just let's just not i mean did you hear the kyle rittenhouse controversy i saw that he said he likes like thicker girls is that what it is no well he said he's not a virgin anymore. oh yeah that's right that that they said it was too late yeah he was gonna um and the barstool guy called him a loser. The yeah, one there's, there's a lot of woke barstool bar people who, the same people who wanted to have a coup when Portnoy interviewed Trump, ungrateful. Bad. I would have fired everybody, every damn person there. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not impressed with their, um, with their thinking. I, I'm not impressed with people's thinking on politi politics, unless they're they've been somewhat immersed a little bit because. It's not the game you think it is. It's not good guys versus bad guys. There's so much at work here. And to have, yeah, yo, yeah, oh, that guy, yeah, he's a racist, sexist, uh, transphobe, this, that. It's like, yeah. And then anybody who's, who, who comes at something with a, with, a, with a just broad cloth of cliched accusations is somebody who's never bothered learning. And they're perfectly content having the very limited 
uh, worldview that they have. And it's like there was a time when I would try to probably enlighten people, but I'm, uh, it, you, unless you can see, if you don't have a nuance receptor, then you're not getting politics and you're not understanding it because it's not about, oh, I mean, you've done it, Alice, or you've, you've actually been in it. It's mm-hmm. not about, you know, you know, being in the back of the um, convertible in the parade. You know, it's about a lot of things being moved around. It's about building constituencies with different interest groups and doing whatever you can. And, and that means compromising core principles in some ways, uh, you know, if you if you must, and trying to marry um, other um other um, a- appetites of other constituents together to try to make, to try to bind an tighter constituency, and it's also about shaking people down and begging for money. And there's, I mean, it's it, it- well, I mean, so what you say about like building constituencies is so interesting too, because I really think we're in a moment politically in America right now where um, where there's a lot of there's a balancing act that's happening in particular in the democratic party also in the republican party in its own ways but it's very interesting to watch the democratic party struggle with these um different groups that they they need them all to win elections and they have very 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 different interests and that's like part of what we've seen during covid and all this stuff and part of what we saw in that virginia governor's race and some of these things is that you know trump was sort of an anomaly in the sense of that like a lot of people didn't like him but a lot of people don't like a lot of the things the democrats are doing either and in particular the pandemic has exposed a lot of that one of the big ones obviously is teachers unions this has been a problematic constituency for the Democratic Party for mm-hmm. a long time because it gets in the way of them, you know, helping with education and inner thing think would be important to a lot of their voters. Pandemic really put fault lines in that because we're watching the Biden administration be totally controlled by insane teachers unions that are doing things that parents just don't like, right? And so in the New York Times today, was this article that I just thought, like, God, are not doing Democrats any because listen to this. Did you read any of this today? No. Um, any of this article in no. the Times? I just got the what message saying my internet Did connection is unstable. Oh. Am I back? Um Can you hear me? I can hear your voice, but you look like you look like you're drinking a drink. You're frozen drinking your beverage. No, that's me. I'm frozen like that. I'm still drinking it. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, you're just frozen like that until you come back. Maybe you should try like okay. I'm not... unplugging and replugging in your camera or something. I can, but it's a USB, what? and so you know you're when... frozen. Can you hear me though? No. Yeah, I can hear you okay. Right, because I can hear you Oh, you're coming back. But you were frozen too. Now you're back. There you are. Dallas, this is the, (laughs) the, uh, you know, a Super 8 connection here. I don't know. Let's just do the audio. Okay, okay, we're trying. Okay, this, um, anyway. So, anyway, this was in the New York Times today. Detroit. Caitlin Reynolds, a single mother, was happy. Her son, LJ, was finally settled into fourth grade after a rocky experience last year with remote learning. 
Then, on Wednesday, November 17th, an announcement. Detroit public schools would close their classrooms every Friday in December. There would be virtual school only. On Friday, a follow-up announcement. School was also canceled starting Monday for the entire week of Thanksgiving. This time, there would be no online option. After a few months of relative calm, some public schools are going remote or canceling classes entirely for a day a week or even for a couple weeks because of teacher burnout or staff shortages. At least six other school districts in Michigan extended Thanksgiving break and three districts in Washington state, including Seattle public schools, unexpectedly closed on November 12th, the day after Veterans Day. Uh, Brevard Public Schools in Florida used leftover hurricane days to close schools for an entire week for Thanksgiving. In Utah, the Canyon School District announced that all of its schools would go remote one Friday a month from November until March. A few of these districts have closed with very little notice, sending parents to find childcare, as well as summon the wherewithal to supervise remote learning. School districts cited various reasons for the closings from a rise in COVID cases to a need to thoroughly sanitize classrooms. But for many schools, the remote learning days are a last ditch effort to keep teachers from resigning. They are burned out, educators said, after a year of trying to help students through learning loss and working overtime to make up for labor shortages. Battles in the classroom over mask mandates and critical race theory have also taken a toll. Garden, the president of the American Federation of Teachers, the country's second biggest teachers union. What you hear from teachers is that it's been too much, she said, and they're <laughs> trying the best they can. These temporary closures, though, may only hamper relationships with parents at a moment when tensions in many districts are already high. So here you go. It wasn't the year of vacation was not enough of not having to go into the school building. The teachers, honey, are burnt out. They're tired from trying to help the students, honey, deal with the learning loss and all the stress of the pandemic. They're exhausted, not like the parents. So or, or, by, they the have way, to or by the way, if you're listening to Vivek Murphy, uh, the kids who are burnt out in a much more serious, deeper way. Right. Uh, and can't quit school because it's illegal the way the teachers can. The kids don't get to call up the school and say, can you just close this month? I can't. I'm burnt out. I can't handle it. Like, I don't, it seems unbelievable to me that the American Federation of Teachers would be trying to push this line and causing school districts to close now at this point in time after watching everything that's happened over the last two years. I can't believe it because it's a gift to Republicans going into the midterms. But I mean, I'm, like, obviously, I'd love to see them buckle down on this and continue to say that teachers can't go into classrooms and teach school because they're too burnt out from the pandemic. But I just don't, I don't understand, like, what they're thinking. I, ca so, I can't imagine that they'll continue down this path, but well, maybe they but will. Alice, maybe that's uh, just think really about, where they are. Just think about what they are. They're not the AFT are negotiators. They're um, they're um, what's that when you when you barma barma barvard shop? What's that when you yes. when you haggle over prices? You bargain? You, no, when you go to a flea market and you haggle over price, you're buh. barter. Barter, yes. They're in the barter business. 
So they are impervious. They've been in the barter business for too long. So when they look at things that are that they have that have been implemented in the schools, mask distancing, days, hours, etc., to relinquish any one of these things requires a barter, and they're addicted to bartering. Right. So they're not just going to stop doing. So- they're not going to just give you no masks. You have to pay for that. And so I think parents are saying, "We got to stop. We need to almost see this is killing us. This is killing us. Please, my goodness, you know the kid's not okay." I want to get back to normal, please, please, please. And then they're dealing right. with this this Leviathan, cold Leviathan with like the banker things on his sleeve saying, we'll possibly work with you. If, and they're like, wait a second, who's this? I thought you were the loving teacher that we buy a present for every year. Or I thought that you were, I thought that the, that this, the, the, the teachers, you kept telling us how, you know, that the, the kids are the most, valuable natural resource we have what's this and this cyborgian things is no mask unless you uh unless you uh, you know refund or if you make whole our um pension system and parents see this and they say what the f- what is it possible that the teachers union that we thought was good and wholesome who cared about our kids is it possible that they're gangsters and thugs and they are they absolutely are and they looked at that's why they looked at this there's always a guy out there who, when the town center, uh, you know, when the when the town hall explodes due to some gas leak, there's always somebody who steps into gear to make a grift, who knows, all right, how do I get in on this? Like Whitey Bulger. He was a guy who would see something happen and get in on a grift that he had nothing to do with. I think we're unstable again. And so that's what they're doing. And I think parents see that and they say, it's just gross. It's just gross, and and and, uh, and yeah, but uh, but I don't think that the I don't think Randy Weingarten, we she's not in the teaching business or the teaching, um, you know, r- worker representation business. She's in the shakedown business, right? Right, and so she can try to seem, uh, soft and human, but she isn't, and she actually isn't that good at looking it. Hmm. Yeah, she's nuts. But yeah, I I just think it's incredible that they're once again like taking school away from parents and holding it over them another year. Like how much longer are parents going to put up with this stuff? Just well, incredible to me. Like did they not already lose enough kids to homeschooling in private schools that well, they think they're in some great position well, to I mean, shut the schools again? It, it matters. I mean, how much it matters. Can they hold out for 3 years because Joe Biden's a big union president and the Republicans may mm-hmm. sweep into power, but they're not going to be able to change the system. I mean, when can we have backpack funding for schools? It, it, I mean, who's pushing that? How popular is that? Is it popular? I don't think so. It's popular with you and I. I mean, there is, there are states that have done a lot more with that uh, since the pandemic has happened, certainly. I mean, if we move two towns away to New Hampshire, we could get money for homeschooling our kids. So, for it. Let's I don't move know why we continue to live in the... To uh, Florida. <laughs> That's also like that state, too. But... Uh, Anyway, uh, and in the meantime, in the meantime, USA Today is reporting, they have this story from yesterday night, in an effort to promote equity and access for kids of 
color, girls, and low-income students, many math teachers are shifting towards inclusive instruction. It's controversial. Some new approaches to math learning include customizing lessons to students' cultural interests and collapsing math tracks, often the gateway to calculus for gifted students. In other words, they're taking away higher level math classes. That's right. the culturally sensitive math class is not getting the more advanced math classes because that's not fair to students of color and girls. Like, are we serious right now? <laughs> is this real life? No, we, we're just closing the school because we're burnt out and we're also not gonna teach the more advanced math classes because of equity. So, you know, it sucks to be you guys. Like, way to compete for, uh, you know, parents, loyalty to the public school system but why anyone would send their kids to a school system that's doing stuff like that just boggles my mind i can't imagine why you would send your kids to school districts that do stuff like this it's just they obviously do not care about your child's best interest or their education remotely at all Alice, remotely so at all i mean our own school district is doing it as i think about this is whether my... or not i would send my kids back this is my feeling about that, and I think we saw it, it just even with some communications we've had okay. with people who are uh, excited about boosters for their kids when they don't necessarily need them, etc. I think there are people, and a lot of them are probably really good students, who have been trained to please the establishment, where that establishment is uh -huh. uh, the, uh, the, the math teacher, or that establishment is... Uh, the college professor or that establishment is their first bosses and they're trained that they're pleasers. I think it, most of them are women who are pleasers. They want to please and show that they're mm -hmm. dutiful. And I think they look and they say, okay, I don't understand what's going on here. What is the system that has told me over the years that it has given me so much? What does the system want me to do? Okay, system. Okay, establishment. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Like a good person, and I think that 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 um, that progressives are are better at being nurturing, so that they can give good positive validation and feedback. If you do that, so you can feel like a really good person. Mm -hmm. The left works on they. It's a world of feeling like a really good person, and so you're paid in this in this uh, this this drug, this positive validation that yes, you did something really good by abiding okay. by doing exactly. What we're asking you to do, what the really good parents are doing. So this year we're giving away locally sourced candy. That's what the good people are doing. Uh-oh, your internet connection is unstable. I understand it's unstable, uh, Zoom meeting. Yeah. No, I know it's not. I, I realize that, Alice. I'm in a, a motel here. Uh, a, a nice one, though. Um, but um, but uh, in, and so I just think that the people are too used to opting in to systems. You know, when you're in school, in high school, which is probably for a lot of people where the, the, the time when the most impressionable time of their lives and the, the time that was most significant in guiding their path forward, you do and say mm -hmm. what the popular kids say. You say what is, the, and it's almost the evolution. You say what helps you survive and thrive there and act like it and dress like it, etc. Individualism is not necessarily rewarded. Very few are rewarded. They can't catch a lot of crap. Those are the weirdos and geeks and nerds and out loners and outcasts, etc. Be a good abiding member of the pack, mm -hmm. starting in high school and junior high and going right to whatever. 
and and just comply and do what you're told. And I I, I can't hear everything you're saying. You can't, honey. I'm sorry about that. Well, I can. Oh. That's okay. Yeah, as long as you're recording the audio on your No, end, so well, yeah, okay. what I'm saying is that But that, yeah, that, but I was thinking Go ahead. We should wrap at 40, Al. It's probably Say good. That. I think I think we're falling apart here. I think everything like, Yeah. <laughs> your internet is not letting us do the show. Um but It is DSL. So, I was thinking about today about this um, you know, the doing what you're told stuff and especially like when it comes to your kids because we've talked about there's a certain concert that our daughter really wants to see that's coming to boston next spring and the tickets go on sale soon so it's insane we were clown posse and, by I the way what it's insane clown posse i don't know what you said it's insane clown posse oh well anyway Alice, that's a that's a contemporary okay. reference that should be con um, considered funny it's very funny. Honey. It's funny. It's very you funny, the you idea when you can hear process my humor the same as you you when you can't hear. It's a little hard to hear you, honey. I can't quite. Okay, it's finish difficult. with Sally and then we'll, anyway, we'll, we'll end it up. So, so, but the venue that she's going to be at in Boston, um, the singer is uh, requiring vaccination for entry. The singer is for everyone over age. No, not the singer. The, the, venue the venue is requiring vaccination. And the venue requires vaccination from everyone five and older. Everyone who's eligible for their vaccine has to be fully vaccinated to attend the concert. So if you feel that you need an exemption because of like a medical or religious reason, then you can fill out a form and you can do a negative test within 72 hours of the show. But... They also say in the directions for like how to get an exemption and everything in the FAQ, it says, we wish you would reconsider your choice because this is a matter of public health and we won't get to have nice things like normal concerts without masks unless everyone gets oh, vaccinated. Oh, God, shut up. But then again, she- That's the venue. Yeah, but that performer was a prized member of the propaganda push, so. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think the, I, I don't think the performer decided to do that, but- yeah, and it's incredible because she is a performer that appeals a lot to kids. I mean, the she's the favorite of all our daughter's friends. And so, like, it it's interesting that they're going to require the... I mean, obviously, I'll go fill out the form with the medical exemption or whatever, you know, and I guess get a negative test. It'll be the first COVID test anybody in our family has gotten if we do that. But, like, what what would you do? What What's the right answer? Uh... I don't even want to give the venue any of my money if they're going to say stuff like that. I, we won't yeah, get to have nice like, things unless I don't like we being, get vaccinated. I don't like being jerked around. I don't like it. So, um, no, but if we comply with that, we encourage it. So, f no, I'm sorry. Heck with them. So, no to the tickets or letting our daughter go. Oh, another friend has already asked her, invited her to go with her, too. So. Well, you know what? Sometimes life doesn't work with you, Alice. That's what so I we, say. So we say no. See, we, I think that in this case, uh, in this case, our daughter out of this, her first this particular, this particular of artist, vaccine industrial complex. I think that that in this particular artist, Alice has betrayed me, and she's never ever gonna say sorry. 
Good point, honey. Right? So true. Listen I don't know how closely. many of our listeners are going to get Listen closely for this. In any case, hopefully uh, this works a little better tomorrow. We'll see what, if we can mark anything out. Um, or maybe Tom's internet will be better if we can do this earlier in the day. Who knows? But um, it, you can find us in the meantime on at Burn Barrel Pod. You can also find us uh, facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com. Um, and you can email us at Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. There's more. Uh, what else? We're on Rumble and all the places you like to listen to podcasts. Music was fading out, Alice. All right, let's put this baby to bed or out of its misery, one of the two. I can't hear the music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.